This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson. What's happening, you guys? Welcome back to a Tuesday tune-up on the Let's Go Win Podcast. And you are definitely in for a treat on something that maybe isn't the most exciting thing to talk about, but it's something that happens to all of us at some point. And I think it's such an important topic that we're about to talk about, and that is grief experiences that some face after a loss. Andrea Baer believes that learning life lessons are easier to digest when presented in the form of a story. Feeling the call to write about her grief journey after losing her mother to brain cancer, she created the Grieving Daughters Club to share the experiences some face after loss. And thank you so much for sharing that. Andrea, I again, I this is one of those subjects where I know it's hard to talk about for some. I know some people just want to avoid it altogether, but at some point we all face it and are in grief. So uh, I guess I'll start with that and say welcome and, and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you, Jim, for having me. Yeah, I, I think that's something that we all share universally, um, no matter, you know, what where we are in the world, religion, political uh, beliefs or views, we are all going to experience loss at some point in our lives. And I think the part that a lot of people don't understand is, is how to get through it and how to deal with it. Um, it's a very personal experience. So, um, you know, um, there are lots of books in the, out there that deal with grief. And I think one thing that is very common is that grief is not something that, um, is all addressed the same way. Everybody deals with it in a different way and there's no right way to deal with it. So. Yeah. I think that's a really important point to hit on, which is there is no right or wrong way. And it, it, this is coming at an interesting time. Uh, My, my listeners know I lost my dad March 6th of this year. And so grief is kind of that funny way of showing up at these random times uh, and it's, there's no rhyme or reason necessarily to it. And to your point, I, I constantly find myself saying, sorry that I blah, blah, blah. And my sister who gets the brunt of it or my wife, both are very great and, and gracious to say, Hey, you don't need to apologize. There's nothing wrong with the way you're grieving. It's just your experience and we're here for you. So what, what was kind of your experience, Andrea? Because again, something as as touching and, and as close to home as, as your mom. And, and I'm sorry for your loss. Um, what was your experience? And, and I, I don't know how long it's been, but how's that grieving process been going for you? Sure. So I lost my mom in April of 2018 and, uh, we're almost about four and a half years in, and I was very close with my mom. And I know that when when pe- we lose someone that's very close to us, it affects us all very differently. For me, um, I found that it crippled me. Uh, I am very much a doer. I am go, go, go. I run things. I'm a teacher. My children are actively busy. And I found that I could just, I could not move forward. And part of that I've come to learn also is that the body does actually have like chemical imbalances after a person has has lost someone, your body goes into kind of a state of shock. Um, you go through this period, what's called grief fog. So for the first few months, 
you're on autopilot and you really don't remember a lot of what's taking place. And I experienced that. Um, Part of it, too, is my mom was very active in our community, in our church. And so people would constantly bombard me, with, you know, how are you doing? I'm so sorry for your loss. And they mean well. Uh, I think everybody comes from a good place. But for me, it was very overwhelming. And I had to kind of come up with these like prescripted phrases because I just couldn't handle it. I'd be in a great mood and somebody come up and say, oh, I'm so sorry about, you know, and it would just put me in this place that I couldn't get out of. Um, But I also found that after my mom had died, I tried to pick up my life the same way that I had prior to her passing. And um, what I found is that grief has a way of dictating to you rather than you dictating to it. And um, there would be moments where I would just have these breakdowns and nothing even in relation to my mom. I had gone to a wedding and all of a sudden I just could not be there. Um, The emotions, everyone was happy, all this sentimental, and it just, all these, these experiences kind of came to the surface. And so um, what was supposed to be a very joyous event, I was crying through the entire experience. Um, And just little small things, thinking about my mom not being able to be there, not being able to experience, um, looking at the love between the couple. um, It just kind of surfaced. And one of the things I found, um, while while people deal with grief differently, we all have to deal with it at some point. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, um, one of the things that I found was very helpful was writing, because I didn't want to bother everybody with my problems. You know, I'm typically known as like a happy-go-lucky person. Um, I'm usually the person that people come to for comfort, or I'd like to think that I am. And I didn't want to put that out there to the world because I knew that what came with it was sadness and sympathy and and a lot of people trying to mask it with warm fuzzies. And that's not what I needed, um, you know, with at least in my experience. And I found that with grief, I needed to work through those feelings. So I had gone to a grief support group um, and I would encourage anybody if you've ever had the opportunity to do that um, because you connect with people there. Um, It's not going to solve your problems. Grief never truly goes away, but you learn to to deal with it. You learn to live with it because that's the reality is, is grief is love. And um, when you experience love in such a great capacity, you, um, that's, that's the feeling that is left and you're not sure where to place it. Um, so I started journaling. I found that was the place that I could go to where I didn't feel like I was bothering anyone. And I would just pour out my thoughts. It didn't even make sense at some point. And, um, I'm a a Christian, so I am, I'm very involved in my faith and I had joined this Bible study with these women and uh, long story short, I had attended this conference and I saw a friend of mine there that was a writer. She was a speaker and I didn't even know that she did that. And she's a mom. She has four children and something came over me and I thought, you know, I could write because she was writing online blogs and I had never had any interest in writing prior to that other than just my journaling. And so I started writing. She gave me some information about some of the sites that she was writing for. And it took me six months to really muster up the courage to put anything out there. And then the minute I did, I was so surprised at the response that I received. Um, I ended up getting a call from a local radio station to interview me. And they wanted to know where they could find more. And I thought, 
I don't have any more, you know, like this is all I've got. But I think it validated that I uh, that I needed to write. And so um, I started writing for a lot of Christian blogs and um, I wanted to do something like a bigger project, but I didn't feel qualified to write like a how to book. Um, you know, I was still going through my own struggles. And and as you'll see, JM2 with grief, it will change. And so what I did do is I wrote about the Bible study of the women that I was with. Um, I live in um, Stockton. So the region is in Lodi area. So we have a lot of vineyards and wineries. We're real close to Napa. And so I took those pieces. I took my grief. I took the wine in Lodi and I took the women in this group and I decided to share some of their experiences in a fictional format. So I wrote the book Grieving Daughters Club. Um, I, I don't look at it as a self-help book, but I do look at it as a lot of times people can relate to experiences, um, especially through storytelling. And uh, for me, this was very healing. I, I was able to write this story and kind of pour out some of the experiences that I had, had with my mom, some of the women in my group. And uh, in doing so, it, it just allowed me to recognize that I would never get over the loss of my mom. We had such a great relationship, uh, but it allowed me to realize that I'm still here. I still have a purpose. And uh, hopefully this story, even though it's in a fictional format, can help someone. And that's really where I started with this. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you said a, a ton of really insightful, valuable stuff, but a couple of things that stick out for me, writing has also been extremely therapeutic in this process because I can't speak to my dad at any longer. My feelings, I can't be happy with him. I can't be mad at him. I can't have an argument. Can't do any of that with him, but that's the form of communication that I've found. So those of you listening, if you're not into writing, you're like, I don't even just start. And I thought what you said, Andrew, is so important. You just started writing and how good it felt. The other thing that that you kind of said that that resonated with me is I didn't need this. And, uh, you know, it's so interesting how, again, those that love you are trying to show up in the best way to help. And yet, like for me, I love to sing. I love to dance. And there was a period where I just had zero interest in the things that I used to really love doing. In fact, I wanted to go away from it. And so I, I, I don't know if it's a question and it's maybe a, a thought that, that you can expand on is how do we communicate what we need best with those that are trying their best to be there for us? Cause it's not an easy uh, task for a friend, for family, for your spouse, significant other, your, your kids. It's like, they want to be there for you, but how can we best communicate that to them? Absolutely. And I think that's a great question because I, I can't give you a specific answer. And again, I think it's because it's personal. How we all deal with things is very intimate. Um, for me, um, while I am very much a comforter, being comforted is, is different than, than the way that I want to comfort people. My husband was a great support system. Um, he was very patient with me. He didn't try to change uh, the way I was feeling. He didn't try and fix it. He didn't try to mask it. He just allowed me to go through that. And I think that's part of it is, you know, in grief, 
we're so quick to cover up. We're so quick to try to mask it with a good feeling. And, you know, that's not life. I mean, and I'm sure, JM, you can experience a lot of your guests that you've had. Uh, they get to this place of success because they've gone through some kind of trial. They've gone through the struggle. And with grief, you have to allow yourself to go through that. Now, um, for me, I was incredibly annoyed when people would say, I'm sorry for your loss. Mm. Um, so for what I would oftentimes just have like blanket statements, thank you very much. Um, just hanging in there. And that kind of pushed it away. But for my intimate like circle of people, I was more like direct with them on what I needed and what I didn't. So while I can't give you a specific answer, what I would say is the people that are surrounding you, um, you can give them suggestions. You know, um, I'm a doer. There were times where I couldn't deal with things. So I had to have a task to keep busy and that's okay to do. But what I would say is if you are a task oriented person, those tasks are really a supplemental to avoiding the, the feelings that you're going through. And at some point you do have to deal with them. So, um, you know, I, I think it's it's temporary. It shouldn't be the norm that you use all the time. Um, allow yourself a cry. Uh, I know that in today's day and age, we kind of look at crying as kind of like a form of weakness or being too emotional. But so I went to this grief group and they explained to me that, um, and, and I'm not a scientist, so I'm probably going to botch this completely. But what stuck out to me is, is when a person cries, scientists have shown that the tears that they have in their system are much more filled with toxic chemicals when they've cried over grief as compared to somebody who's crying from laughter or crying from joy. And so by by crying, you're actually expelling a lot of those um, those toxins and those agents that are in your body, it's actually a form of relief. So your body's actually helping you move forward. So crying is something that I think that is really important that, you know, don't, don't uh, try to avoid that. Uh, but going back to your question, you know, how can we have our loved ones help us? I think you just really have to talk to the people around you and tell them what the things that you think you need. You may not even know what you need, but for the time period, but, um, be okay with a little bit of that uncomfortableness because that uncomfortableness is pointing something out to you that is bothering you. And that's what you typically need to address. Yeah. I think the whole point of going through it and the fact that we need to go through it is, is so profound because often, no, I'm good. It's all good. Yeah. I just lost one of the most important people in the world. I'm cool. Like a week later. Bullshit. No, you're not. You're hurting and that's okay. Um, but I know I got to that stage where, and it actually happened last week. A friend invited me over and I love to watch football, love to have a little tequila with my guy and do that. And he invited me and I was like, you know what, uh, Vin, I'm, I'm just not, I can't. I'm just having a moment. Can't explain it. And he said, whatever you need, brother. And I thought that was so the way he responded was was so good because he didn't push. He didn't prod. He just said, whatever you need. Uh -huh. And for those that are surrounding themselves, it's just, you know, some of these things to just just let people go through it, I think, is so important. Um, gosh, you said another thing that's just, oh, 
the grieving the the group did you find your first uh grief group to be the one that you you stayed with because that was a little bit of a dance for myself where i know i need to do it it's important and yet the first couple i was like nope nope and then i finally found mine how was your experience so I, I actually attended a couple different grief groups. Um, I attended one through our local hospice and I found that to be very helpful. Um, they, they tell you right up front, we are not going to be, we're not going to be here to solve your problems, but we are going to allow you like tools to help you deal with it. They, they let you know right off the top that, you know, that grief is very personal. It's very intimate. Um, the second group that I went to, there was a, a, a very eclectic group of people. Some of them I connected with, some I didn't. Um, I I tried to look at it and I think it, you know, like you're saying, JM, you know, you have to kind of look at um, the ones that work for you. I was so ready to move forward. It didn't matter who was in that group because mm. at the time I was thinking, okay, I've got to get back to where I'm supposed to be. And um, the way they explained grief to me was like um, just this line that's kind of like all squiggly and, you know, you start here and then it goes all the way around and then you end up somewhere up here. So once I realized that, I realized that my intentions for the grief group had changed. Mm. So, um, but I think, you know, I think everybody has to have go through that experience personally. My dad went through the same experience. organization, but he had a different group. And I think also the relationships can vary too. You know, my dad lost his spouse. That's a definitely a different experience of loss than losing a parent. Um, And then I think also too, the intensity of the relationship, you know, I've had uh, friends that were not close with their parents or they were not close with the person they lost. That still affects you. It may not be the same way, but it's certainly going to affect you. And And I would even speak to this, Jam, you know, you've lost your father. I lost my mother. A person can lose the same, uh, you know, type of person. Uh, That doesn't mean that we're going to grieve the same way. Mm. So true. It's absolutely a brilliant statement. And my siblings and I, everybody is processing it way differently. And that's okay. And the squiggly line thing is so good because, there is no nothing linear, linear about grieving. It literally is a it's all over the map. And I anticipate from my understanding is it's going to be that way for a while. Uh, yeah. It could be that way for life. Who knows? I want to focus on the last little bit that we have, the positives that come from it. And I know that sounds almost morbid, but it's true. Like, look, I hate that my dad is not here. I it, I I wish he was. But so many good things have come from this perspective. And clearly you uh, bringing about the, the Grieving Daughters Club and the writing, you chose to take this really tough experience and bring some light to the world. Can, can you just share a little bit of that? Because I, I think anybody that's going through something horrible right now, they're going through this challenging time. They're like, there is no light. Well, guess what? Without darkness, there is no light. So you have to go through that darkness to get to the light. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, I think when you go through things, you have to know that you're not in control. Uh, When you're going through grief, it's going to dictate to you. 
there were times where I prepped myself for situations. I knew that it was going to be difficult. That did help me, but it didn't always. Um, I actually found the first year uh, that my mom's passing, I could deal with Mother's Day easier than I could with Father's Day, which is ironic because you would think that I would be a big mess. I prepared for that because I knew Mother's Day was going to be hard. And I chose to do things that I thought would honor my mom, that would allow me to to feel. And then Father's Day rolled around and I was a mess because I looked at my dad. He was there by himself. Um, I hadn't prepared myself through all of that. And so I think... um, you have to allow yourself to have those ups and downs. When you try to control the whole situation, it's not always going to be the best thing. There are moments, you know, like there are times where you, you got to go to work, right? You have to pay the bills. You Sometimes you have to move forward. You don't have a choice, but there are times where you should allow yourself to kind of go through those lows because when the highs come, you become stronger as a result of that. Um, I... A year after I lost my mom, a good friend of mine lost her father, and I was able to use those moments of sadness and those 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 hardships to help her and to help her normalize grief because it isn't something that we typically talk about. And, and the timeline of talking about grief is very short. Most people think that you should just talk about it within like the month of the person passing or within the first year. And I can tell you, you know, four years in, um, it hasn't changed the the feeling of loss that I have for my mom. I don't have those moments as frequent, but they're still there. And um, I think that if you don't, the, there's an expression that goes, if you don't, uh, you have to feel it in order to heal it. And so um, allowing yourselves those moments to, to cry uh, and letting people know, sometimes just letting them know, you know, I'm having a hard day. They're usually pretty understanding uh, when you go through that. For my book, um, I found some of the characters in my story had also dealt with loss. And I found that it wasn't just exclusive to grief. You know, grief is not the is not only about death. Sometimes we grieve the loss of a job. Sometimes we grieve the loss of what could have been Um, in my book. One of the characters uh, is. experiencing loss of time, uh, something that she had wished she had been able to do. Another one experienced loss of innocence. She had to grow up very quickly under very hard circumstances. And so um, recognizing that those moments of, of struggle really make you stronger and they help you persevere and become a better person. And and you have more empathy as a result of that. And you can help others. For me, you know, I am a helper. I'm a doer. So so that speaks volumes to me. And I also, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, no, I'm so sorry. I just, I'm, we're running up on time. And I, 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 this, I think the point that you make is so simple and profound. And I mean that in the kindest because it's so true. Grief allows you to relate to everyone on planet Earth. Everyone grieves at some point. And we're not just talking death. I think what you said is so important. The loss of a friendship not a friend, a friendship, the loss of a a divorce. These are all grieving processes. So I think the way you tied that up with a bow is so important. Uh, Andrea, if people related with you, which I don't know how they couldn't, but after uh, hearing you, where's the best place for them to connect with you online, 
find your book so that they can can do more of that. Because again, if, if you're grieving now or you're going to, I promise it's going to happen. I want them to be able to, to communicate and connect with you. Sure. So um, my book, I'm going to show it real quick again, uh, Grieving Daughters Club. It's available on Amazon. You just type in Grieving Daughters Club or you can put in my name, Andrea Bear. This is actually a three-part series. Um, I'm going to show different types of grief in the next two books uh, coming out. And um, I also have a website, www.andreabearauthor.com. You can definitely connect there, subscribe to my email list, and I'm happy to uh, connect with you. Well, I appreciate you coming here, sharing your story and helping others that are going through these challenging times, but bringing this to the world, I think is so important. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, JM. It's been a pleasure. You guys, it's, again, it's not the subject that you're waking up. You're like, yes, I want to talk about grief. But guess what? It's a part of your life. And I love what Andrea has brought to the table and being willing to share these stories, I think, is so impactful. Uh, for you to get the most out of it, to help someone else, let's share this podcast. Get it out. Share it with your friends. Subscribe, review, because we get to have amazing guests to help us through these challenging times in our life. So make sure to do that. And until next time, remember your mindset matters. I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us. That helps us build this community, and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can, and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.